Everybody, we're back for another episode of Nobody Wants to Work Anymore, even though everybody knows we that. We are back. I got the himbo here with me, and hopefully he's got better audio than he's had before. Not that it wasn't so great last time, but uh, yeah, so it's it's been an interesting week on the on the job front um, um, for me. Not a productive one, unfortunately. Um I don't think that I got but one response and it was an it was a no thanks to all of the all the emails that I sent out last week all the resumes. I did another dozen or so today and six or seven of them were actually for roles that I had already applied to either in June or even back in April. Um which to me shows that is likely that um, these jobs aren't really real. Like they're just out there to show investors. They're not, they're either not finding the right candidates because they can't get through the software. They're getting 2000 applicants. There's a lot of potential reasons, but I, I honestly believe they're genuinely not looking to hire for these roles, but they have them out there and available for people. Um, yeah. Uh, um, what, what about you? <clears throat> Oh God, let's see. Um, I got a lot of the same. I got some some more like instant rejections, which are, you know, I mean, again, like I've covered before, um, if if you apply to something and the next day, uh, you get rejected and you know there's like two hundred candidates, it's like okay, they either have like a fucking army of um of recruiters or you know, no human looked at this. And, right. um, so that's that. Um, <clears throat> the most exciting thing is I have a really, uh, a really promising interview tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Tell them about that. So if y'all uh, remember from last week, we covered a little company called Pinnacle of Nan <laughs> and, uh, I'll be interviewing with them tomorrow. Um, I uh I I showed it. Here's how good my my wife's instinct is. I showed it to my wife and she saw red flags in about 30 seconds looking at this thing. <laughs> um so we kind of joked around a little because it is um you know it's that like men's rights here's how you can best gaslight your wife into like you having no accountability for your behavior. You know, the standard like red pill it's, it's in the red pill vein. Um, so I, 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 I'm kind of, I'm kind of toying with the idea of fucking with them a little by being like, okay, well I do apologize. However, my wife needs to be present in this meeting. Um, and if they give me an offer, I can be like, well, I will have to ask my wife's permission. I hope that is all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a, uh, it's going to be interesting because their uh, their approach to uh, interpersonal relationships is basically like this is better than therapy, and my whole approach is no, you should get therapy. That's going to make your relationships with everybody better. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, I I'm almost convinced it's going to be me telling them a bunch of shit they don't want to hear. 
um, and backing it with, you know, empirical evidence and you know we'll we'll see how they take that um maybe they'll maybe they'll take it back down from four <laughs> maybe they'll take it back down 12 bucks an hour we'll see oh my god well yeah so remember that they were offering between 12 and 15.90 per hour canadian for a job that should have paid at least fifty thousand dollars per year canadian when brad went back to them and challenged them on that Immediately it was, well, would you take $4,000 a month, which was a weird conversion rate wise, more red flags, just That's like red flags everywhere with this guy. But I thought, I thought we would start this week off with some, with some funnies. Uh, I found this one on, on Instagram during the week and I figured it was just kind of, <laughs> it would kind of fit considering it's got the name of the show in there, but, uh, but it's got the Joker. I put up a sign then I logged into Facebook and posted, nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> I can only imagine that in the Joker's voice, um, the gaslighting Joker, which Republican that Party or Demo Democrats, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, hmm? I, I wish there were a difference anymore. Uniparty? Um, yeah. <clears throat> Pretty much the the bourgeoisie. I just call right. it that. It makes it nice and simple. Um, <laughs> you sent me this funny one, which is from a a staffing agency in um, in Canada in Brampton, which is local. And Brampton. what's funny is they're called Indie Staffing Services, which I picked up. But that's that's a hell of a price range. So if you want to earn between five thousand a year and six hundred thousand dollars a year. You should reach out to Indie Staffing Services in Brampton, Ontario. And they've had 246 applicants for whatever role this is, a work-from-home customer success manager. Um, I'll take the 600000 side. How, what, what about you? You know what? Uh, that's too rich for my blood. I think I'm going to go with uh, $5,000 a year. Hold on. E Let's... Easy apply. I, I need to do the math here. It's like five thousand a year. Uh, that's got to be put for full time mid senior level. Uh huh. Six hundred thousand mid senior okay, so level. I love it. That's the kind of numbers I like to salary, see, guys. Annual salary five thousand dollars a year. That is an hourly wage of two dollars and forty cents. Nice. Now you're getting like wait waiting wage. You know, wait waiter waitress wages here. Uh, unfortunately. Based. That's like, okay, so, yeah, so. Crab sent this one over. Um, I think they might need to spell check this. Because I don't think that they're looking for somebody who has one year of autism as a qualification <laughs> for this job. First off, um, as someone who studied psychology, I don't know how you only have a year. I that's That right off the bat is a little fucked. That's... Um, Oh, this how do, this. How do you yeah. only have one year of experience in being autistic? Well, you only need to have been autistic for one year. So I, I guess you could have been for longer, but wow. Uh, that was a funny do one. Want, do they want a reference for that? Do you have to provide a reference for being autistic? Some kind of a doctor's note, maybe? I don't know. Um, here's another one that you sent over that I thought that, that made me giggle. Um, so. Beautiful. What is your desired salary range? And please enter an amount, but that amount must not 
be greater than zero? So zero? I guess like I, <laughs> like I know we're kind of speed I know we're kind of speed running back to fucking feudalism uh, here, but I didn't know this company's like trying to get ahead of it. That's like literally, wow, are you sharecropping? Is that what you're offering here? Zero. Okay. Um, so that was funny. And and then we start to get into the portion where we had like this was like last week we talked about remote work and how companies are starting to squeeze. And it's funny that there was a Guardian article this week that I sent over to our chat. Said, so let's put this into this week's episode as a follow-up. Because what they're saying here is that Amazon workers in the U.S. are being tracked and penalized for not spending sufficient time in the company's offices. Some staff members were alerted they were not currently meeting our expectation of joining your colleagues in the office at least three days a week, according to emails shared with FT. The email was intended to be sent to workers who've come into the office fewer than three days a week for five or more of the past eight weeks, according to a follow-up message sent to employees that Amazon shared with the Guardian. Uh, they're the largest employer taking measures to encourage workers back to the office. In March, of course, Apple began threatening punitive action against employers who didn't return employees who didn't return to the office part-time. Elon's requiring full-time work. Uh, City Chase, we've been talking about that. And then the other one was I sent over, I want to punch this this company, this guy in the throat, because the economist, of course. The burgeons of capitalism themselves, right? The working from home illusion fades. It is not more productive than being in an office after all. Yeah, um, that's a bunch of hooey. And of course, they have to concoct and find some, some studies that would indicate and back up their argument. But that's not hard to find. So fuck the economist. Um, Just to be clear, y'all... Um this has been settled for a number of years now. You can go look up the productivity productivity metrics. Um, there's no other word to describe this. This is fucking propaganda. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, but you know, most people here probably know that. Yeah. Um, this is about commercial real estate, and we all know it's about commercial real estate. It always has been. That's all it is. Well, and, that, uh, that's what we covered. They want to get. You know, what What are they going to do with all that office space? They they can't, you know, they can't convert it into homeless shelters or or senior homes. Why would they want to do something like that? Um, so if they I, were smart, they'd already get on the 15 minute cities thing. And that's what they could use for homeless office buildings. Well, the, but they would have to have I guess some I'm smarter than Klaus now, aren't I? They would have to have some type of a devastating catastrophic event happen, unfortunately, to their to their place in order to accelerate the implementation of such said fifteen cities. Anyway, um, explain the steps you take. So I got this one today. I showed up and I found a job that I thought I might be interested in, and I go to their to their um, lever.co or what their greenhouse website, and it's got these extra questions that are required. And I, and, and I sent this over. So these are just the first two. Explain the steps that you would take from beginning of the sales process to the end. Now, keep in mind that just today I applied to 15 jobs. And it, this company effectively wants me to take 25 minutes and stop and just fill out their one application 
when it still took me over two hours to fill out those 15 and find those 15 resumes, call the her, find the right things and get to the right pages, fill out all the information and, and actually get that submitted an extra like the amount of time they're asking uh, the average person to invest for their company is unreasonable. And that's the whole point. Explain the steps you would take. And then how would you approach a short sales cycle differently from a long one? And if you wouldn't explain, why not? I mean, and then how would you exceed expectations in this role? And finally, walk me through what steps you would take to learn about a new piece of technology. Then have you sold SaaS? And of course, they ask you what your salary requirements are, which how about telling me what the job pays before you ask me what I want to make? So I had a whole bunch of problems with this one, and I wanted to put this one on blast. Um, and I, I like your response to this one would just be, what would you put in every box there, dude? Um, I mean, my ultimate would just be, be my my cv uh like in every single fucking box um right see my resume there was, there was a there was a meme on that where it's just like see my resume why why did you ask for my resume it's actually in the resume you asked me for and it's just like they filled out every box with a variation of that because it's like okay dude like why the fuck are you giving me homework assignments but no it's... they answer it more more thoroughly i would just put fuck off really fuck uh, off fuck off fuck you fuck off of course i have and tell me how much you're willing to pay me so yeah that's that one and then I'm, i found this one that i didn't want to put the company on blast because this actually looked like an interesting role and so I'm reading it. And I'm like, well, our first account manager, that's interesting. That means they're a growing company. They're looking to expand, working closely with the seasoned teams from places you know that are pretty accomplished. Opportunity to lay the foundation for how they delight customers post-sale. This is great. Okay, so they want someone who's a farmer, potential candidate, working with existing customers, right? It's go, first go-to-market hires, opportunity to affect the company in a meaningful way. Now, that also tells me, they don't know what they want. They've never done this before, and they've never had anyone do this before. So they're going to learn along the way, and there's going to be growing pains. So they're probably going to need someone who knows what they're doing in a season and experience. Here's what they need. They need you to develop relationships with the stakeholders. They need you to create account plans for customers. And that that can't be someone off the, you know, who just started that's green. Grow usage and revenue. And delighting all your stakeholders work work cross functionally. They want at least two years of account management. They want excellent technical communication skills. They want exceptional analysts. Great, I qualify for all that. Wait, what? Yes, they want a recent college graduate. What? What? What about any of this? screams to you that, that that a recent college graduate should be handling this i mean i remember when i was in college and i spoke to stakeholders routinely um <laughs> that's that's definitely that's definitely something that a human and not like a fucking alien is doing 
Like calling on C level like, executives as a recent college graduate. I guess if you're yes, fearless, but you also don't know what you're doing and that just means we don't want to pay anybody anything. But I don't know of any college graduate that's already been account managing for two plus years with fast growing accounts. So that's fun. Uh, um, I mean, welcome to the world of searching for online jobs and trying to figure out what your, you know, what a good fit is. Um, real talk, that kind of gives me uh, that that one kind of gives me like fake vibes pretty high because it's like they didn't even really try to make the posting make sense it's like we're looking for this but we're also looking for a amalgamation of experience and uh traits that can possibly like mix with the other qualifier we're providing here it it's 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 too silly to be real anyway so i brought this one up because oh, yeah. You you brought this one to the table. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll let you tell the story about how you found this. And you're like, dude, I have history with this company. Like, okay. Tell me. So uh, I actually do have history with this company. Um, and not a good history either. Uh, so this company specifically that we're looking at for this, like, like horrible... <laughs> Like urgent shifts whipping sort of bullshit here um so they uh they originally made a posting for a uh a customer success manager and i applied and had interviews got all the way to the end where i met like the ceo when we had a really good rapport and then out of nowhere he just kind of uh turned me down and i'm like whoa i I thought I thought we were good for this. What what happened? And um, he ghosted. So funny enough, I see um, I see a posting from a BPO, uh, which is basically like a third party company that handles shit like customer support, social support, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they were just posting straight off the bat. We're looking for a customer success manager for this company's name. And um, so I applied to that. I applied to the BPO role because I was like, okay, well, this still sounds like a really fun job. It's it's subject matter that I enjoy. Um, I don't really care if it's like for the client directly or with the BPO. I've worked with BPOs before. I know the drill. I know what to expect. I know the relationship with stakeholders, et cetera, et cetera. Um, <clears throat> so it turns out that instead of just saying like we outsourced the role they rejected me and then ghosted because i guess they realized that like it would be a lot better for them to just outsource this role to like a third party that can kind of like get labor for pennies on the dollar instead of like pull, pay the full cost themselves um and then the funny thing was I got an offer from that BPO that I interviewed with for this original fucking company. And um, they uh, they gave me an offer. And then the last minute, and this is, I don't want, I don't want y'all to feel bad for me, please. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hanging in there as you all are as well. But um, I had like called my wife up and said, I got, I got the job. We made plans for dinner to go out to dinner to celebrate and then right before we were about to go 
they sent another email saying like, hey, so we just were, were informed that someone internally actually wants this position. So unfortunately, we're going to have to retract the offer, um, which if I were Dick, I probably would have could have been able to go after them for that because I had already technically signed it. Like it was already kind of like a legally binding thing. Wow. Um, but it was just like, I was about to go celebrate with my wife and because this company just is so scuffed when it comes to communication, <clears throat> um, they're just like, oh shit, we just found out that someone in your company wanted it. And to be fair, like, yeah, that should be your go-to. If you've got hard workers who deserve a position, do that first, absolutely. But also don't waste my fucking time and put me through like five interviews if you're just gonna um like be like jk we we don't have this job offer because that is like that is such a like level of callousness that i can't even i can't even fathom but yeah um the funniest part of this was like they actually put in their job posting that they want to hold sorry can you bring that up again I oh sorry yeah yeah hold on uh no it's all good um it's okay my adhd takes us on fantastical journeys um, yeah so hold urgent shifts agents accountable to uncomfortably <laughs> high standards as measured okay first off why are you putting uncomfortably high why not just put high you're making this like like, is the cruelty the point here, guys? I think they're telling you that you shouldn't standards. take this job. I, I really think that they're trying yeah. to discourage you from actually applying for this job. I like, hey, man, you know, I don't know if you want to take this. This is uncomfortably high standards and, you know, QA scores and customer experience and cross-functional cooperation. Ah, is this really for you? They're like doing a takeaway. It's really kind of funny right in the presentation okay <laughs> i mean i like i technically did that in my last role i did hold everyone to uncomfortably high standards our our qa measurement was something like 96 percent um anything below that and you're getting coached by your lead like that's that but we're not ever going i would never make a description like this it's psychotic like is this one of those things where it's like if every if every ticket isn't a hundred percent like you're what you're getting spanked on the bum like what is oh, uh, incredibly just, like, high say so... no they just they want to write you up and be punitive and be able to either ding your pay or um I don't know uh yeah spankings may be in order. I do have um, I do have a theory here just based on what I know about the industry. So they're suddenly hiring for a role that is going to hold the agents to uncomfortably high standards. Now, what we know is that they recently outsourced all of their support labor um, to another company. And one thing about working with third party companies is that the communication is never ideal. 
because you're not working within an organization you have to communicate with an outside organization that's always going to cause some issues when it comes to communication my theory is they're kind of regretting outsourcing all of their all of their support labor to a third party like cheap nickels and dime company um but 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 it makes sense for the bottom line all they have to do here is they need someone who's basically going to kick everybody's ass into gear and get them up to the level that you would expect from someone they'd be paying living wage to. That's that's my theory here. I think their whole like let's outsource this to uh, to uh, to Sutherland um, was probably a mistake and. Uh, yeah, now they're kind of they're kind of getting cold feet about it, and they need someone to like crack the whip. Because I'm sorry, uncomfortably high standards, like, like that's code for like we need to crack down hard on these people. That's all that means. But then they that's end up hiring internally been. anyway, so it's like I, I don't know. I I, I think. <laughs> it could have just been the guy the guy saw that it was your resume like dude i interviewed this guy i don't know and they're like oh we decided to hire someone internally that's that's honestly like i've seen shit like that happen um yeah i mean that's that's totally cool but they they literally could have just said i don't know i wouldn't have cared right but like Like, yeah everyone's everyone worried of getting sued and shit so um I don't know if this mattered, but I did push back on the salary they offered. Might have mattered. Um, okay. They offered like they offered like a little bit under my range. I was like, okay, so you know, it was like five, about five thousand a year under my range, and I basically was like, okay, well, my range is this. Um, do we get it up there? And they like dragged their heels, and they were like, nope, we cannot offer any higher than this. I'm like, okay. And uh, one thing about the rejection, we hired someone internally email is they did make a note of saying, you know, uh, on the plus side, I do know that you push back on the compensation. So you'll be able to find something more within your range. Like they were trying to spin it into like a good news. Yeah, this is a good thing. Which it was, holy fuck. Like, I don't know where these people come up with this shit. Because it's like, okay, well, someone not getting a job is never good news, okay? Like, this was at a time where I was laid off. Like, I didn't have a source of income, so I would have taken it. Would I have just jumped at the next thing that offered me something better? Fuck yeah. Because fuck them. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, this was a whole dumpster fire, and I sincerely hope that, um, I think they did you a favor, they honestly. I honestly, oh, yeah, I, I, th- I think they did you a favor, and you, uh, you know, by avoiding this one. But you, uh, you brought something interesting this week, also, and I wanted to share it with everyone. And this is a, a website called JobScan.co, mm. and I signed in. Um, you can uh, optimize it with your LinkedIn; it'll help you for interviews. And what this company does, and let me go back to jobscan.io, and here we go. What happened? Oh, it's app.jobscan.io. 
I don't know, maybe. Dot IO. Let's see if that works. Come on. Nope. That didn't work either. Why is that not working? Wait, hold on. <clears throat> let me let me figure it out. Hold on. That's weird. Maybe maybe I gave you a scuff link. No, no, it worked. Don't I logged in. I got the box. whole thing set up. It worked great. Um, but what's weird is... Yeah, now it's like... Now it's logging into here instead of going to the main homepage. That's all right. Uh, I, what I want to do is show that, you know, they have an upgraded thing for you to pay for. But what they will allow you to do, and I did it here is they'll let you upload your resume and I've told it where my resume was and it pulled that out. All right. And then it, mm -hmm. uh, I, it says, okay, put in a job description and here's a job description that for one of the jobs that I applied for today and for free, they will give you five scans of jobs and tell you how to potentially tailor your resume to be more aligned to that job and give you a better chance of, of winning it or at least getting a call. So let me, let's, let's kind of back up a little bit and, and Himbo, I know you were talking when you sent me this link, you said that you spoke to a friend of yours who's like actually a recruiter friend. Mm -hmm. So, so if you could set this up just a little bit more than, than what I did and, and like kind of what they explained to you about, the process and about your resume, etc. I think that might help. Of course. So um, <clears throat> basically, uh, Indy and I were both talking about like this weird, why the fuck are we getting rejected immediately sort of thing. So I reached out to a recruiter pal of mine, more of a colleague, really. And, um, you know, I just said like, okay, this is getting really frustrating. Uh, it seems like we're just getting like rejected right off the spot. Um, and I know it's not my experience. And the really weird thing is whenever I ask for feedback, they just ghost every time, which, you know, some companies are really great with feedback. They'll be like, look, we're just looking for more someone with more of like a medical background and more of like legal background. Like we'll kind of explain it. But I've noticed when companies like really quickly reject your shit and they they're like their their whole HR department just unwilling to give you like even like a hint as to why like they didn't even want to move forward with this agreement with you. I feel like the elephant in the room is just like, yeah, we use like keyword crawlers and so we can't really explain to you that the keyword crawler just wasn't like good with your resume. I feel like that's kind of like the deal we are. Um, yeah. So I met with my friend and she basically said, she basically told me that pretty much every company now uses keyword crawlers on, you know, uh, it's called ATS. Um, yep. Automated uh, tracking systems. way your resume has to kind of be set up and 
the frustrating part is it doesn't even it it doesn't just end at keyword. It's got to all be formatted properly. Um, if something's not formatted Whoa. properly, it will get tracking system and you'll get rated lower. So there's like a really specific way that you need to like game the system, and um, that's where this website comes into play because it basically tells you like, hey, so you're resume kind of sucks uh our keyword crawlers aren't really picking up a lot of great stuff here or it's really good um so yeah i i learned a lot insofar as like there's a major factor that i think a lot of us may not be considering to the degree that we need to insofar as like you know if you don't completely precisely custom tailor your resume to basically feed these keyword crawlers um you're just going to show up lower on like a rating um basically just show up lower on a rating and you're just not going to get like yeah. interview invite really um there's just to and, be really honest i think how many hmm? resumes did you say your friend says like on average they're getting per job application you know per job that's put out there it's like hundreds of resumes going parole and then i saw like if you're a linkedin sales navigator you get even more and someone was like i don't even looked at like the sales navigator easy apply things or you know the sales easy apply things that come in um i, I don't know I've i never... had one colleague mm -hmm. I, had, I had one colleague say they they get thousands for customer success thousands of resumes like thousands Mm -hmm. so how do you go through that right how do you I'm go through that even... so you don't I, um, so i created a, yeah. a a uh friendly resume so that we could run this experiment and see how this is going to look all right so my resume is in here now i've got my job description i didn't put a cover letter in and we're going to scan this up and it's going to tell me uh familiarity co-selling oh that's interesting so it might say so here uh gives you here's the tour right the match rate is calculated 75 percent is generally a good match okay that's good to know right and that applicant tracking systems are based on best practices to get your resume past the ats right so what are we going to do with regard to searchability if you provide the company name and add the link to the job description, we may have ATS specific tips. Right. So interesting. Okay. Hard skills. Right. And then what kind of hard skills do you have? Cool. Job scan uses ML analyze millions, right? Look for the label predicted. Okay. Fine. Recruiter findings are based on resume best practices. Good. Click on the question marks for each one to give you more about the section. Cool. And then you can scan a cover letter also, but you have to be premium, which is fine. Update, upload, rescan when you're done. I like that idea. And then it's even print optimized. So that's cool. Okay. <clears throat> so... Add this company's, this job company's name and web address. Okay, I thought I had, but I don't really want to. We didn't find an email in your resume. I have one of those. 
An address in your resume? I have one of those. <laughs> That's interesting. The, the mid-market account executive job title provided or is found in the job description was not found in your resume. We recommend having the exact title of the job for which you're applying in your resume. This ensures you'll be found when a recruiter searches by job title. I think I actually did have that word somewhere, but it wasn't one of my previous jobs. Um, we found the work experience section. We found the education section. Formatting well, for your work. This is work. interesting. The formatting for your work experience, rather than just having the year, is the months in the year. Because I just have the year in mind. Um, then when it comes to hard skills, these are some of the things that they're looking for. Is it on your resume and is it in the job description? So six times in the job description is the word e-commerce, but nowhere in my resume is the word e-commerce. So that's pretty interesting that that also is there. Um, and there's a lot of other keywords they'll give you, you know, 10 for free. And then soft skills. They're looking for people that are innovative and GLP, whatever that is but they want organized and people who say that they're organized inbound growth. Right. So interesting under the thousand word. So count bear, in resume, mind, hmm? bear in mind that this is like, this is geared towards like some of it may not make a lot of sense when you're just kind of reading it. You're like, wait, but hold on. Um, this is all geared towards like, what is it going to feed the keyword crawlers? Um, that so that they'll pick that up and like parse it correctly. It's kind of hard to understand, but it's like that's the angle it's going towards. Where it's like, oh, you didn't you didn't do this properly, so we didn't pick it up. You didn't jump this hurdle. One, right. Yeah. Crazy. One criticism I'll have of this. Um, of this site is it should be more like explicit with like its explanations of okay well this is we're explaining all of this in the context of not like we didn't find this on your resume even though it's clearly there um what's interesting more so like our keyword crawler like simulation thing we have going on uh didn't pick up this segment of it i think this the site would do much better to flesh out way more like what's actually going on here because you're specifically explaining like okay um this part of your resume didn't register with the ets thing here and uh so you need to tweak it and it could offer better solutions as well well like so like that that's how i have my dates set up 05 to 09 22 to 23 i don't have dates so they're saying to use one of these formats because that might be triggering it because they don't, it's not showing how long I actually worked at places. That's one thing. But what I think it's also really yeah. focusing on are the, the lack of missing skills. All right. Uh, based upon how often they're looking for that skill in the job description. And I think that's pretty interesting. So if they're looking for someone who was organized, 
who has e-commerce experience that um, is in B2B and has CRM background with SaaS and HubSpot, okay, that I can tweak that to look like that. And that might actually be helpful. Uh, all right. So let me, you sent me over a resume to do this with also. So I want to. I mean, it said HubSpot, so I wouldn't bother. Um... But what's funny is that if you look, I actually do have, it's not like a real address, but there's an address and a phone number clearly there, even though it says that there wasn't, I guess it recognized that it's bullshit. Um, so I can clear this and uh, let me grab or upload that, but hold on, let me make sure that it's clean. And then we can, do you have a, a, a there was a gig that I sent you today to uh, that I can plug in there. Um, all right, that's in the nobody wants yeah, to I, work on. Um, yeah, I, I think I tossed you my fake CV thingy. Yeah, yeah, I've got it here. So let me open that first of all. And then <laughs> I'm going to grab a job description for this company I sent you today that you said you ended up applying. I think it was a head of support mm -hmm. role. Yep. So let me... Like a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. So I'm going to copy that. And we're going to paste it in here. Although I will forever... I will forever argue that like no salary is always going to be like a little okay. weird to me because every time there's no salary, like the the thing they offer me is disappointing. Every right. time I'm just like, wait, what? You want me to work for? You want me to work for three hot dogs a month, sir? Jesus. So you got the skills up front, and you've got okay, some stuff there. All right, so let's scan this. And see what it do. Pelosi Insider Trading Co. Ooh. A low match rate. Ooh. Okay. A low, a, an initial low match Look rate is normal. My boy. Look what they did. They massacred my boy. So again, it's American. Yeah. So they want the, the your dates are backwards. Philly. Um, oh, shit. Well, I'm not changing that ever so they can eat my ass. Um, right. The fact that you've never had a head of support title or indicated that you were looking for a head of support role. Sure. Then they have again. Oh, that's interesting. So you're missing the words customer experience from your skills, or at least it's not being picked up by the crawler. Customer satisfaction. Okay, so, so the initial CX aren't. Okay. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. B2B coaching. You have one mention. All right. But so, so CX definitely um, that's their name phone. You have one, one word, which is probably from the, from your phone number, <laughs> but you have phone skills. Trust. All right. You're applying for a role, but you held higher positions in the past. So it's saying that you may be, it may be junior to you, even though it is. Um, head of, 
Okay, but like head of support, it's saying like, it's saying like you were never a head of support, but it might be junior. That, like head of okay. support, customer support manager, like all, like a lot of these things are interchangeable. AI doesn't some know what the fuck it's doing. Customer, I swear. Yeah. In some companies, customer support managers, he's the dude that does, does the customer support. That's it. Done. Yep. Like sometimes they have multiple ones. They... You know, you've got a project manager, you've got an ops manager, like, I feel like this algorithm doesn't understand how businesses are structured. Yeah, this is, this is really disappointing. So we'll have to look for another resume type of, uh, of reviewer like this, because I think that there is value here in, in backing our way into the crawlers and to these ATSs to identify exactly what do we need to, to how do we need to structure our resume so that we can at least get the phone calls and weed through you know get through that huge pile that's making it onto their desk um and, i will and, i will add a disclaimer here i'm not sure if it's the tool that's too basic or if it's just the ats's are that basic that's my bigger concern it's that is the are the tools they're using for keyword crawling and actually parsing all of this information, are they too basic? Mm. That's what I worry about. Um, Cause that would explain a, a lot, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, that would explain how you apply for like a, a team lead role. That's got some good salary and you obviously have like, you know, level 60 experience. And you don't even get a screening call, right? Um, See, now I would have thought that basic. That I would have thought the crawler would notice. Well, you haven't worked since 2020, so that's going to be a bit of a challenge for you to find a gig, <laughs> according to this resume, right? Um, this is I like. Is it, oh my god, I missed your email address. Holy shit, bro. <laughs> Uh, oh, you just fucking broke me. Okay. <laughs> the rest of it is just uh, 420 account managers and 666% in, uh, increase in productivity. That's all outstanding. Um, so this is, this is the funny app where you've got shit posting from bird app limited. That's, that's a good certification <laughs> to have and a doctorate in being based from the University of P Pepe. So you're you're a Pepe meme. God, holy shit! Yeah, um, I we, we do we do a little, little trolling here at INN. We do a little um, trolling here. Yeah. We do a little trolling, trolling. I don't have we the. We do a little trolling. I don't have the sound bit. That that's Reef's thing. Um, and then why that's did I have this up? Uh, this one was an interesting role. Director of brand. I think there's actually, I was going to try to run this one through um, the CV thing, but this doesn't really fit with my resume because I've never done branding and content, but I think this is something that we could do. Um, yeah. Why did I put this in? Now I don't remember why it's going to make me crazy. Um, Wouldn't it be funny if it ranked higher? Right. Like if something that was less applicable. It was like, you have more of a match to this resume. And it's like, we're just starting to finally realize that AI is this fucking broken. That's 
Wow. Familiarity with music licensing, copyright laws. I don't remember why I was why I was looking at this. Anyway, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the crazy tools and the experience. And you said you could basically spend a half hour on Teams. Um, but man, uh, there's a lot of like business specific tools that we get pushed into using, like Slack, for example. Um, I would have never Slack's a big one. I, I don't have a use for Slack outside of business. It's not even like installed on my machine right now. Back when I was a workaholic, I did have it installed on my personal computer and my phone, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, But I mean, it, I can just start with how unintuitive it is because, like, there's a million things about Slack that just anyone who grabs it just they, it could go. They could be using it for four years, and they just never realize that like they can do something way more efficiently because it's that like not intuitive. Right, and they don't really teach you much about using the tool. They don't update the interface much. Uh, for those who don't know and those who don't use it, Slack is like another way of um, they, they try to replace intercompany email with this ongoing real-time social media style communication where you create different channels or threads uh, that are that, that are marked with different hashtags and you can create different channels or different groups with specific people in the company or have it be all company. Uh, and and you can have it be category specific, really, however you want to steer it. Uh, so it's very helpful for communication. You can also have direct messages and direct message group threads, um, post and share links, files, all different kinds of things. And now it's owned by Salesforce. So they were acquired a couple of years ago by Salesforce. Uh, they're now starting to really integrate and try to streamline what Slack can do in finally with what the capabilities of Salesforce are. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's Sales, cool. So Salesforce recently launched an innovative version of Slack specifically designed to meet the needs of sales professionals. Uh, development is crucial to the company's persistent efforts to integrate Slack and it's, which is its most significant acquisition. I think it was $20 billion they paid for Slack. The revamped version offers an intuitive interface that provides easy access to, collect, to sales cloud data, right? But of course, it carries an additional cost of $60 per user per month. It's not cheap. Nothing in Salesforce oh. is. Salesforce alone, just the no. key basic license is almost $800 per user per month, uh, per year. Um, primary objective behind the update is to enhance the synergy between Slack and sales cloud so you don't have to uh double enter between the two right so they're looking at yep here you go 27.7 billion they were acquired for but they really haven't done very much to improve themselves however this lady um what's her name Ladane jones all right they um she took over as ceo and Stuart jones Right, so Ligma Jones, right? And so Stuart Butterfield stepped down, right? But they're not, they haven't really done much, but their main competitor, Microsoft Teams, and that's the other thing you want to go off on, 
Slack doesn't really have a competitor in the business world other than Teams, mostly for the security sake, but also mm -hmm. because now I think that the business competition that could take down Slack would not be Teams, but would be Discord. Um, but then I found could this be. article right here about why you would look at what is Slack versus what is Discord. What does it cost? All right, for the business plus for scaling businesses, twelve fifty a user per month, paid annually. What are your pros and cons? So this is a really helpful article. And then looking at what's what's Discord, and this was originally gaming, um, but now Discord is used for everything. Um, you know, we we actually stream. How do we miss that? Um, the video portion of it goes. The, the cameras goes through Discord and then we use OBS to stream it out. But um, so it's free as opposed to something that you pay for. So I get, and you can get Nitro, which will give you for, for uploading large files and better streaming quality, et cetera. Um, it's looking at the difference between the two. The con for that is that it's overwhelming, which it is. Security. Can, can it can be an issue compressed audio paywalled right behind nitro subscriptions but your server gets nitro and that's like 10 bucks a month for your server and then you get the upgraded audio but here's where it compares actually slack to discord right that slack's interface is minimalist yet effective but discord's in layout has more intricacies and is also built around a primary chat window which contacts on the right, servers on the left, right? Um, here they're saying Slack looks better. Slack has better integrations because it integrates with all these different apps. I think Discord actually integrates with a lot of these now. I think this might be an older article, right? Up to 10 apps yeah. with a free version of Slack. That's uh, been updated. I remember it used to only be two or three. But Discord has bots, and a lot of the bots are free. Or you can build your own bot if you know how, or you can have a bot built. I disagree here that apps integration with current apps are not better than bots because the bots can integrate with those apps in addition, can do a ton more, and you're not limited to how yep. many bots you can have. All right, file sharing, I think that Slack is the winner, all right, because Slack allows you to upload up to a gig from Google Drive. Three tier cuts you off at five, right? But you can upgrade to 10. Discord is much, much smaller. 500 megs is your limit on file size, right? Yeah. You'll probably have to find a worker, to be perfectly honest. Right. Um, but if you're using you Discord, you just use Google Drive. Right off the bat. Use Google Drive, <laughs> yep, Dropbox, one of those, and That's you're fine. What I do. Discord for audio calls. They say Discord works a little better. Slack is slightly better for video calls. I didn't even remember Slack handling video calls, but okay. Um, okay, you know, it's saying that Discord is actually better for video calls. So you can up this to 50 yeah, with a no, paid plan. It's not even. Well, Discord was built no. around video and gaming and being able to stream yourself while you're gaming and handle the bandwidth and the video quality for that. So. Wouldn't be surprising. Broader set the feature, text communication, 
is pretty close. I would say it's it's Slack. Um, here you say they only allow up to 2,000 characters per message, 4,000 with Nitro, 250,000 people per server. That's a lot. Um, but where's the Slack? I didn't think there was a limit to how many people you can have in a Slack, but who cares? Like, once it gets beyond a certain amount, it gets out of control anyway. Um, Discord with the pricing. And so it looks at everything strengths and weaknesses and it basically says that depends on what you're using it for but if if your business in the public space highly useful to leverage a discord server to communicate with your user base and for marketing um as a network we actually started to use discord for an internal communication uh it worked for a little while then our our discord servers got blown up and our accounts got blown up and we lost it um and since then, we've just basically been using Twitter um, and and Zoom when we need to. But Twitter DMs and Telegram is our backup. So that's Discord and Slack. Um, what's been your experience with these tools in the offices? I know you like Discord. Okay, so um, I've, I've always loved Discord. I think um, I think it with some tweaking it would probably be very good to replace slack um <clears throat> so there's some massive problems with slack first off um video calling is a dumpster fire it's not even close um discord far paces it in that regard um the biggest problem i found with slack is that um Uh, it's nowhere near as bad as Teams, but um, I've never had to, like, close Discord or, like, kill Discord and Task Manager because it's, like, too laggy or it's having, like, a memory problem or, like, it's just getting too slow. I've had to do that with Slack quite a bunch. Mm. Um, their their phone app isn't, isn't the best either. Uh, and again, like I said, you know, a lot of a lot of shit just isn't very intuitive um you know it, it, it kind of feels it's not that this still feels like it's kind of in beta it feels like 2005 facebook honestly um yeah and it's kind of similar where you, you know, know you have you have like the servers or the different slacks that you're in to the left and then the the different channels from what you're in right here, and then the details of whatever channel you're in right there. And that's a very similar layout to how a Discord server is laid out. So you have your server now, dark mode, by the way, always dark mode. Um, unfortunately, this website isn't dark mode, but uh, Discord and Slack both offer dark mode, so do that. <laughs> don't, don't burn your eyes out. Um, Discord's layout has a lot more intricacies than Slack. Yeah, you can also do a lot more customization and put, you know, creating folders. And I think there's like 500 channels that you can create. You can create voice channels, video channels, text channels. I like this one that they allow you to call an announcement channel so that other servers can subscribe to it, put it into their Discord. And then when you publish to it, it automatically pushes out to the channel on their servers as well. I think that's really cool. Um, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I've been a Discord fan for a while. I actually had an idea and I built out for a car dealership a couple of years ago when I first got into Discord. Like, how could a business leverage this and use this? And my thought was that they could create almost like a club, a buyer's club and a fan club around the V. Like, if I'm a Volkswagen store, you've got, well, beyond the Nazi stuff. 70 years of history, (laughs) 70 years of history of the vehicle and fandom and different vehicles and different niches. And you could have like a channel dedicated to the VW bus, a channel dedicated to old school Beatles, a channel dedicated to the GTI. And basically anyone with that, put your pictures up there, any events, anything having to do with that, it would give people a targeted place to go where they could connect with like-minded local people that were also fans of the same type of stuff. That's where I saw the value. If the dealership wanted to invest in a manager that could build this kind of community, there's no telling what kind of value it could potentially bring back, what kind of loyalty it could build in your service department, what kind of sales it could potentially help push on behalf of the store, thinking from a quote-unquote capitalistic perspective, because we always have to think about, you know, if a business is going to do this, why are they going to do this, other than just out of the goodness of their heart? Um, But I think that there's a lot of value to a business using a Discord, both internally and externally. And that's the other thing that I wanted to mention, is that a dealership could literally use the same Discord and have a set of internal channels that are only available to staff, as well as a set of public channels that are available to customers and fans and to the public. Um, and I don't think that really Slack gives you that type of flexibility. Maybe it does, but it's not as intuitive and not as easy to create. The other thing is, I think a lot more people have the Discord app installed on their phone because they use it personally for some type of community organizing or gaming or whatever it is. And everyone, like all the adults, like all the the, the grownups and the boomers that I talk to, and they're like, what's Discord? I'm like, ask your kid. They all know what Discord is. Yeah, they'll give you TLDR. Right? Um, Honestly, we've gotten to the point where Discord just feels like a more polished version of Slack, and it's funny because it shouldn't really be the other way around. Um, yeah, it just there's more there's more freedom with Discord. You just kind of feel like you can do more with it. Um, there's less like annoying, like weird bureaucratic red tape as well. Um, there's a lot of stuff in in Slack. <clears throat> Sorry. There's a lot of shit in Slack where like um I, I don't know why there's a restriction to a thing. It, it's just a restriction to a thing. With Discord, it's way more streamlined insofar as like, okay, well, if you don't have access to a channel, you don't have access to a channel. Um, but sometimes in Slack it's more like you can't do this, and it's like why? Mm-hmm. I created this channel and it's all about like kind of botched admin privileges in my opinion at least um but yeah i um i 
that still baffles me in the uh in the middle of 2023 here i don't know why more businesses aren't just using discord it's it's lack with like cooler shit the only thing i can kind of like surmise is that um maybe the stigma of it being like a gamer thing i i think um, that's part of it and they tried to get over that. Yeah. Remember they did that ad campaign with Danny DeVito. It's a play. Imagine a place, right? I, I, I've been, again, I've been an advocate for this for a while. And my buddy actually did like one of those, you know, my man's killing it with discord servers. And I have no idea what that means. You know, uh, it was very mm-hmm. funny. Um, but here's, here's an article I brought up about 11 reasons why people hate you know, what, why um, Teams sucks, because that's the other player in this whole thing, which is Teams that we all have to use. Um, you know, if you're not using Google Meet, which isn't terrible, of course, when they're not spying on you and listening to your stuff and ripping it off and using it for their AI. But the integration of SharePoint falls short, of course. Um, buggy real-time status, and we've seen a lot of that where teams will just go down company-wide. And I worked for a global organization where we literally use teams in on every continent in the globe, and it, it was very buggy. Um, big learning yeah. curve. It oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. is. Yep, there's um, the... Yeah, it's... Again, it, this is another, like, this is another tool that's not very intuitive. Uh, let's see if they'll put on... Let's see if they'll find their way to my biggest pain. VPN incompatibility, right? This one, to be fair, it's not Teams. It's not your fault, Teams. It's not your fault. All right. Then you've got your sluggish screen sharing, especially the more that you've got, the more people you have in a meeting. Yep. Can you see my screen? I can't see your screen. Can you see that? Right. But here, not all is lost. That's a classic. I had that today. It was like, can you see my screen? It was like a 10 second delay of everybody being like, no, we can't see it. We can't see it. And I'm like, just give it a beat. Give it another beat. There we go. Like, there, so, there's no, I'll put it this way. I've used Teams for years. For any sort of like video shit, we just use Zoom. We're just know. like, okay, Zoom. Like, we're not, we're not fucking with Teams here. It's, it's way too, like, there's way too much bullshit. We were a Microsoft house, so we basically had no choice but to use Teams. Oh, it was brutal. So they're basically telling you here how to disable your GPU hardware acceleration, which may speed up Teams a little bit. Also, by the way, dark mode or high contrast. Come on, everyone. Get with the program. Let's go. Enough with the we. We don't know. No, no, we don't. We don't like Ukrainazis. Um once you're done with this process, wait for teams to restart, right? Mark all, no, mark all is red option. Yes. How many freaking channels do you have lit up at one time? Because you get a message in nine different channels and you have to go and read each individual one. Right. Mm-hmm. This forces users to have to open every email or have it disappear. No chat categories. Mm-hmm. Facts plus based. Yep. Channel limit. Okay. I don't like the, the, the Google ads that are being served here. All right. Uh, I'd love to tell you that Teams takes the cake, industry leader in terms of channel options, but you came here for the hard truth. 250 channels for most users and members. Right. Custom notification settings, which you don't really get. 
Okay, and I guess this is telling you how to get around it. Holy crap. Go to here, go to here, go to okay, here, so go to here, go to here. Okay, next. Image rendering. Basic, yep. Yeah, why? Uh, they still they still haven't reached the like I'll explain it, but if they don't if, if they don't cover this, I'm gonna lose my mind. Unwanted extra features. That's that's I think that's it. Eleven things. Okay. So <clears throat> When when a lot of apps that you're using start to slow down, what do you do? You usually clear their cache, right? Yeah. Do something to kind of get rid of all the data. So a lot of apps, they just have clear cache, and that's it. Very simple. With Teams, you need a fucking PowerShell script. You need to run a PowerShell script. Oh, come because on. Because to clear the cache in Teams, you have to go to like 11 different places. That's it's terrible. not just one centralized location. You have to do like jump through all these hoops just to make the app like speedier and less buggy. Um, so you literally have to run a PowerShell script that we had to like dig up. <clears throat> and nobody used it, obviously, because like here's a PowerShell script. Your your average worker is gonna be like, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever, I guess. Um, now, Microsoft, I didn't learn. <laughs> there was talk about Microsoft buying Salesforce, which is kind of funny because then what you would have is Slack, Teams, Salesforce, all and, and Dynamics all under one roof, um, as well as LinkedIn. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk about is. One of the most valuable tools is LinkedIn Sales Navigator, at least that I found as a sales professional, which lets you create basically a separate LinkedIn newsfeed based upon just the companies and people that you are prospecting with rather than the entire network of people that you engage with, which I've got almost 5,000 people in my network. But this lets me cut it down to, you know, the 200 or 250 people and companies that I intend to to be selling something to in the next six months to a year and get additional alerts and track them a little bit deeper than in my typical news feed. Um, there are three different levels. There's a free level. It's all for a 30 day trial. This is the $80 a month one. And you have to pay that $80 a month in, in advance for a year. So it's not cheap, but for 800, 700, 800 bucks. If you use it and if you can generate any business out of it, it is more than worth the investment to do that. Um, I've again, and if you're looking to connect it to a Salesforce, uh, you need to have this kind of sales navigator so that you can get LinkedIn insights about your customers and about their behavior right within your CRM tool that you're using. Uh, to, to potentially prospect, sell, and to have a conversation about their history. Um, and now, have you used SalesNav? Um, I personally have not. No, okay. So I've been a subscriber now. I had my own small business back before I started as an account executive. So I owned a company, and I owned a. Uh, I was a believer in CRM. And I had Salesforce and I wanted to connect it to LinkedIn. 
And in order to be able to do that, you have to have Sales Navigator. So that, like I said, when I was looking up like, and looking up the history on someone, it would also tell me where they currently worked and what that company had been posting, et cetera. And they keep expanding and make it even more valuable. Um, and getting that kind of insight into what people are doing is, is really crucial. So if you're with a company, um, see if they'll spend the money to invest in LinkedIn Sales Navigator. I really think that it is one of the top tools if you're in anywhere in the account space. If you're in customer support or customer experience to learn about what your B2B people are doing, I just, you know, it, it's my little soapbox to say, I, I think that there's a lot there. Um, and you can manipulate it. You can make the, all kinds of folders really, really um, versatile as well. Um, I wanted to also, one of the other things, <clears throat> and there's a free tool, is Canva. So Canva is a graphic design tool. But they also allow you to design now websites and documents and brochures and do photo editing. And it's all free. They do have a login and a upgraded thing, um, a pro, and I think it's about 10 bucks a month to subscribe to. We're subscribed as INN, and I'm in this every day making tons of stuff for Indie News Network, for Indie Left Media, for my own personal use, for business, for all different kinds of things. Um, I know you said you were going to get more into Canva as well, Brad. Uh, yeah, I've been messing around with it here and there. Um, I want it's one of those things I want to master, but um, it's it's helped me out of the blind here and there, especially with any kind of like promotional materials or um, you know, I use it to make a meme once, but um, it's it's really good. Um, it's really good for any sort of creative like like media stuff uh, you need. I really want to get better at it. I'm I'm still kind of, you know, maybe like little little south of inter intermediate, but um no, it's really great. Um I'll log in and show you. Ah, no, that's not the right account. Okay. I'll sign in. I'll sign in as INN and that'll have me log in right. Okay. So this is just a few of the so this is the INN Canva that you can see. Um, and some of the most recent so Angel's templates are here. And these were his thumbnails. And you've got INN News. And you can make, again, thumbnails or social media template. And they've got from editing your own photo and uploading or to create a Facebook post. And, they'll, and it'll be sized perfectly with all kinds of elements and templates. I mean, this is tremendously valuable for graphic design, but also for, look at this, actually making a professional resume. So you can lay out a resume right here in Canva. They also have AI stuff and a document creator. Uh, I've been using like a couple of these thumbnails, these versus thumbnails for, um, for how do we miss that and for other shows. There's so much flexibility, so many potentials. We're making the the calendar. I'm going to show you the calendar in a couple of minutes um, for INN Weekly, and all this is being done in Canva.
so by all means, uh, I'm an advocate for Canva. I'll put a, um, a referral link in the chat or in the description for the show. So you can sign up for a, a free account for Canva and you might even get like a, a free month or an extra bit of free time. We may get hooked up to with a referral thing. Um, the other thing of course is, um, you know, I'm not being shy about the fact that I'm looking for a new gig. Uh, I've also not been shy about the fact that I love Substack and reef hates the fact that I'm not shy about the fact that I love Substack. He can't, he's so sick of me talking about it and he thinks I should just go work there. Well, earlier this week, they put out a post about a better internet for readers and some of the things that they're looking to do to upgrade and improve and constantly build in public. And um, so Yuri Bezmanov, Bezmanov, who's one of the larger... Uh, Substackers on the platform put his little soliloquy thanking them for doing what they're doing and building this platform. And I, I had some criticism to say, look, I love it too, but here are some things that you can do to improve the publishing interface, right? But what I love about Substack and what I love about this notes platform is that I tagged some of the heads of the company from Chris to Hamish to Nick at Substack and Mills Baker, who is the chief product officer, he's the head of design, right? Mills actually responded. He said, ah, great list. I'll share with the teams and thanks for taking the time. Just the fact that I'm getting some kind of a response is so awesome from somebody at Substack. But then I said, I got to make an, a, a play. You know what a fan I am of this platform, how much I want to contribute to improving it for everyone, leading, massive, leading to massive growth and adoption. If there's any openings on the team you feel it might be a fit for, or I'm in the in, in, that I'm in the market for a new work home and would love very much to be a part of this team. And it's obvious you build something special here. So even social media, you can be taking these opportunities potentially to show yourself for a new gig. So you never know. Um, take shots. That's all I can say. So I always hear your shot. Uh, Substack.com. It's like Substack.com slash notes. And and that's a that's a badass little social media platform that they built within a publishing platform. And so you, you have like a news feed. Hey, look, this is a Yeti just published Yardening with Yeti. And let's go yardening with Yeti. <laughs> and that that's our Canadian brother. So just to show you. But you know, Substack could also be a very valuable tool for businesses that and it's free. It's a blog platform that can also be used to create an entire website. Um, another one of these up and coming newer tools that businesses that haven't necessarily shifted the legacy businesses, they're not interested necessarily in this, but this is a space that newer up and comers can grab an advantage and grab market share and grab attention where the legacy isn't even playing. So just something to think about when it comes to Substack for your business and as a way to reach people. Uh, I follow a bunch of different Substacks, and there are people making them on music. There's people making them about AI. There's people making them about email marketing uh, itself. It's kind of funny, an email marketing platform where you've made, it's so meta, you, where you've made a newsletter about email marketing. You know, it's it's like very Seinfeldian. Um 
and then you can subscribe. They do have this nice RSS reader built in. So you've got a, an inbox with a reader for all the Substacks and RSSs that you're subscribed to. And you've got these this notes to interact socially. You've got chat to interact with your subscriber base. And then you've got the alerts for all of the different uh, notifications and the things that you're tagged in and things that you should be alerted to. And then they also have this explore where you can find new articles and by topic, um, new substacks and new um, newsletters to potentially follow people to engage with and people to learn from. This is where for, as a business, for example, you have a business section where you can be right up there with everybody else. There's nothing stopping you from, writing an opinion piece on business and having it go viral and, and appear on Substack and then transfer it over to LinkedIn potentially. But there's a lot of business that's happening here as well. Not only that, but this is a subscription based platform. So you can actually get paid for writing here and people can subscribe to support your work. Um, I know you just got started on here, right? Right. Himbo pretty, pretty recently. Um, yeah, I've gotten um, I've gotten more involved. Um, I like how they're just kind of a home where I can write my articles. I've been a writer for a long time, and uh, I've really been wanting to get back into it, uh, especially especially at times where like I I don't feel like making a video, <laughs> um, or I don't feel like I have anything to say in a video. I just kind of want to do a quick quick blurb, and um, you know, or more so, I kind of just feel like, you know, someone's already like covered this in a video way better than I could. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, yep. I'm trying to, trying to get more into it here and there. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, if Twitter, I know everybody's got their like, and this is a video I am going to be coming out with about Blue Sky because. <laughs> but um yeah um you know if twitter ever does finally go down sorry x or whatever if x ever Don't give it to you uh, finally yeah if x doesn't give it to us and we've stopped waiting it on waiting for it on our own because x won't deliver it to us um you know I know everybody's probably going to migrate to like Blue Sky or Macedon or any of these other things, but Fire. I don't like brunch a lot, so I'm probably not going to fucking do that. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to just do Substack notes because, to be perfectly honest, the the idea of having like a Twitter thing in addition to like a longer form writing thing, I think, is really super complimentary. Also, all of these other clones just offer like twitter it's like when a million mmos came out after world of warcraft did and they all just like cloned world of warcraft and then the one that actually took off offered like more than world of warcraft did for a gaming reference um mm -hmm. yeah i'm uh substack's got a great combo um yep. you know they offer i do i do think they need to flesh out notes a lot more you need to add pretty much it, it seems like a little limited still in that regard i don't think it's anything like a that's a deal breaker like anywhere near deal breaker really uh, i think it's kind of hidden think to flesh it out. 
Honestly, I yeah, think it's kind of buried in the platform a little bit. Um, I find that I'm in my dashboard a lot and that I'm in other areas and I don't check on notes often enough, I find. Like, I have to kind of search for it almost. It's not kind of finding me. And that might well, be like... Well, so, like, the, you kind of got to... No, go ahead. No, it might be the way they've laid out the interface in the way that it's similar to... You know that you can either go get it here or you can go get it here, but it should be kind of here or here potentially. I would think, I would think like in a top nav bar, if anything, as opposed to like a side nav, it gets a little crazy, especially when you get into publishing a top nav. But I don't know, that's just just nitpicky shit. Um, all right, we're hitting we're hitting an hour twenty now. Um, I had I think that was about all I had on my list for tonight. Um, so we can we can cut it. I did want to go over for the rest of this week since it's already Thursday night. So you should definitely go back and check out INN News with Reef and Colin, and they did a special on Tuesday night that aired at nine o'clock Eastern with Miko Pella. They did a a, a forty five minute interview on. Israel, Palestine, IDF, Zionism. It was outstanding. I, I listened to it earlier tonight. Um, Thursday afternoon earlier today, you should uh, catch Angel in the afternoon. He, uh, he's he got birthday coming up. He's got some family in town, so he moved from Friday to Thursday. Tomorrow in the afternoon, we've got Politics and Survival with Tara Reid, and that's going to be at 3 in the afternoon Eastern. Uh, or 10 p.m. Moscow time, which is where she is. And uh, I have to edit boats smashing into other boats down for Friday night. That was from Sunday nights. How do we miss that? Saturday, we're expecting that we're going to do Bitch with Comrade Mystery, Misty. That's at 8 o'clock Saturday night Eastern. And then Sunday night, 10 o'clock Eastern. How do we miss that? Like like every Sunday. And this will be episode 93. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, we're getting up to, two, I think next, not this coming Sunday, but the Sunday after is our two-year anniversary to do the show. It's even old. It even predates INN. Uh, so we're excited about that. Stay tuned, everyone. Um, follow this guy, at Snow Himbo. You can follow him on the Bird app or the X app or the whatever app on Substack Notes. Um, find him wherever else you can find him. But those two places, that's basically where I hang out with him. Uh, I think he might be in my Discord too somewhere, uh, maybe. But um, anything maybe. else you anything else you want to you want to promote anywhere you're going to be? Anything else uh, you want to you want to say before we head out? Um. Yeah. Everybody needs to read Das Kapital, and I'm going to keep saying that until my heart stops beating. So. All right. That's it. I don't really have anything huge to promote. Um. Oh, check out Nobody Wants to Work Anymore. Oh, and you know what? He's got a YouTube channel, and he does make some funny videos over there. So um, YouTube.com slash at Snow Himbo, I'm guessing, is probably how how you can get to that. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. definitely check that out over there. And um, I don't know where we're going to be next week, uh, when when this is going to run. Supposedly, Bread and Circuses and Chris is due back next Thursday night. So, Hopefully, we've been kind of keeping his time slot warm for the last month. Uh, we're going to try to find our own new time slot for Nobody Wants to Work Anymore, maybe Tuesday nights when Jesse's not streaming. We'll figure it out. But um, 
I want to thank everyone so far. I've been having a lot of fun with this show. I think I think this guy has too. Um, it's too. it's it's therapy at the same time that it, like I said before, it feels like we're doing the right thing. Um, as we should be spending our time looking for jobs, using the skills that we have, and venting a little bit, blowing off some steam, making fun of some of the shit that we see, and learning and making our stuff better, which we're doing with the AI. So. Um, for this week, uh, I will I will remind you that we actually do want to work, but this is nobody wants to work anymore. And uh, have a good night, everyone. And uh, keep questioning everybody's motivations, like always. Night. Indie News Network, collaborative family of independent content creators. Co-hosted normally by me, Indie. I'm founder and editor of Indie Left News and Indie Media Today. I got Reef Freeland sitting next to me. At Kennedy News. It's Andrew Rivera on the Handsome Cynic. It's politics and survival. Uh, my name is Jesse Jett. It's American tradition. Stop Space Monkeys. Welcome to Political Fight Club. I'm Robert Durden. I mean, I mostly make Art Brian and Big Man Crab Joe. Keep up those great videos. Hey guys, it's Yeti. Uh, coming at you. Hello, my name is Lucy from Big Moon Red Wine. This is Grizz Legion. people.